0: Turn the mic upside down?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like strange Things. No.
0: She's yeah. getting wild The upside down Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Satellites? Oh, like. We'll go the under the table. Yeah.
1: Just
2: stuff will start coming out of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> now, I hope we edit the fuck out of that.
3: <laughs> I think that was pretty good. Yeah. I don't think. Did we say fuck at all? I mean, no, I don't think there no. are fucks
1: to be edited out of it. No. Oh, no. But It's already but, got the explicit. Yeah, we never edited it. Yeah. But over to you, man. Oh,
4: okay. <coughs> Welcome to Frostcast.
1: First, uh, it began when I dropped that can.
4: Oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, like every other Frostcast, I'm not. Prepared for this. But, um... yeah, oh. I Sorry. Um, well, it's lovely to be here at Virus K with my good friends um, that we've already introduced.
2: Don't you have to do it again? Because it's yeah. like separate said. Uh,
4: I have next to me Chris Shorten. Hello, Chris. Hello. Um, young Susie, hospitality <laughs> gun, <laughs> queen amongst women. Um, Jeffrey,
3: good day. Good to see you. It's um, a rare pleasure to see you too. A
4: rare, a rare pleasure that is soon going to become unrare, <laughs> and unpleasant is now. as well. Just like a Cadbury <laughs> cream egg. It's a rare pleasure?
0: Well, it's a rare pleasure. You're happy to see them, but then they stay on shelves for way too long. By the end, you're like. So, if you had a
4: Cadbury Cream Egg every day, it would actually be quite unpleasant. You're saying Jeff is the Cadbury Cream Egg of friends? That's what you're saying. (laughs) Whoa,
0: (laughs) whoa, whoa. That's how how I interpreted what you're saying.
4: What you don't know is that I really enjoy Cadbury Cream Eggs, I'm an absolute fiend for them.
0: It's not mine. They're so realistic. I could probably eat ah, Without
4: even thinking
2: mm,
0: about it. I'm so talking about too easy. the average punter though.
4: Oh okay, ha-
1: ha- Have you had the, the average cream that is cream egg? Is like, yeah, like a The of chocolate? I
4: haven't but I saw it.
1: Oh and... it's really good.
4: Oh cool. I saw yeah. it and I thought it's just going to be me buying it.
0: Have you had the Whispers one? <laughs>
4: oh. Yeah. Whispers? Yeah. So it's
0: like a Whispers oh,
4: sherbet. That's right.
0: Witchcraft. What about in the UK? There's that bar that is like Cadbury Cream there, but it's a bar that's available all around.
2: Right. Should we start the introductions again? Or
1: is that... <laughs>
2: that tangent's going to have to be cut you out. You
4: clearly never listened to the Brunswick big like. Not a this has
3: gone about as well as I it's thought it was going to go. It's called
4: Brunswick Tangent Collective. Yeah, a
3: normal collective. Uh, uh-huh. So, but yeah, <laughs> like, some
4: podcasts too. It's
1: called Normals Tangents. I think so. Like, We're the upside down. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And we also have young Paul. Hi. (laughs) Um, So usually it would be like so. Paul's in the Brunswick Beer Collective and also has City Lane Mm
1: -hmm.
4: uh, food and culture. Food and travel. Food and travel website slash Instagram slash is a wonderful photographer. And in his day job, also does something very intelligent involving numbers.
0: I yeah build models and do lots of data modelling and.
4: So I already found you irritatingly overachieving, and now it turns out you have a lawyer hat in the bottom of your cupboard gathering dust. Yes, gathering yes. dust. I have zero hats in my cupboard. <laughs> I'm wearing all of my hats, and it's a very small baseball yeah. cap. So well done, Paul. Um, so I guess if I was gonna, we were saying before what we would talk about in the frostcast, and we would usually talk about the magazine that's just gone and the one that is going to come. But I actually just want to jump to the one that's going to come because we, I stupidly came up with a the theme of independence and now it's like trying to wrestle a snake, possibly an anaconda, and um, what I'm saying is that it's, it's quite a large theme and... It's you... meaty, it's meaty isn't it? Yes, and I think I was, I was like, what is independence in craft beer? Mm. Does it doesn't matter, who cares? and that's obviously an entire spectrum of thoughts and it's
3: very emotive as well people get really fired up about this stuff.
4: People do and then you've got punters, fire owners, brewery owners like there's so many different so I'm trying to see how many of these thoughts I can represent in the magazine Um, and then now I'm like because I remember in my very first froth so also this will be our 50th froth which is kind of exciting In our very first frost, back when I was a naive little small child, um, I stupidly or interestingly wrote a little essay on what is craft beer, because I thought that I needed to define it in my first edition, and I was so nervous about doing it, I went to Forrester's Beer, whatever it's called, just down the road, and I had to have like two beers just to relax, and then I just sat there and I wrote it out, what I thought craft beer was. and then like a few months later, you know, Mountain Goat was, was bought and then it's kind of like craft suddenly became known as independent beer because, you know, mainstream beers like, um, mainstream owned beers like James Squire and whatnot it's, it's still being crafty, crafting, you know, like, and then it's like, does Sir craft means well-made or... I, think, I don't an, even know.
3: There's
2: a number of, of, sure. of, of variants and I think that everyone has their own idea of the... Uh, you know, how uh, exaggerated those variants are or minimized in certain areas. Like you could say, um, uh, let's just say uh, a brewery isn't owned by a major, they're not on the stock market, but that brewery is incredibly large, has a massive turnover, employs a lot of people. Um, let's just say all the raw product it gets, uh, you know, mass produced, genetically modified raw products and it's still considered craft because they're independently owned like everyone has their idea of what independence and craft is and uh it's an interesting uh, it is an interesting topic is it volume is it volume you know some people might think it's volume some people might think it's turnover some people might think it's you know if you like 49 uh, 49 of your brewery is still independent then you're an independent brewery like it's you know it's a it's a bit of a puzzle
0: we've always used brewdom as that example haven't we oh yeah if you're massive but you're a listed company you're not independent but if you're massive owned by a bunch of rich yeah. <laughs> investors yeah. that you're private mm. own, and you're technically independent yeah. oh, i
2: was kind of interesting with the bolter thing because one of the guys who owned a proportion of that is a uh, he just happens to be an incredibly wealthy man that isn't in the spotlight as much as say eddie mcguire at brick lane so everyone kind of you know just thought of surfers when they thought of bolter but didn't really realize that it's his name uh, ginjal he's he grew up with one of the packers he's a very powerful man with a lot of money and he was one of the people that contributed to helping bolter get up and started but that was never really really spoken about, but everyone knows now that Balter would have opened with the intention of doing exactly what they did, it doesn't make their beers bad. That's the other thing. Like Emily Day was saying, maybe it's just good beer, made, made, uh, you know, with care and, you know, that care what the consumers like and and want, like maybe it's not a matter of who owns what and where money is, just the passion people have for the product
0: like thought
1: Bolts was great until they got blown out
3: and
0: then they were overrated. Yeah, because craft and independent don't have to be
3: like, you no, know, they don't have this overlapping or even subsets of each other, whatever, like, you know. So Bourbon County Barrel, Ber- 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 County yeah.
2: Barrel Star
0: is definitely craft beer. It's home percent of ab it's totally craft
2: beer. Well, that's your opinion. Someone could easily say that it's not craft beer. Exactly.
0: So I, th- I, th- I think craft is a meaningless term. It's not. Kind of like, Tldr.
2: Because I think you can't say that variations. something's meaningless because people attri- attribute different meaning to the same word. It's no meaningful. It's it just has just different. because something has no definition, it doesn't mean it's meaningless.
0: That is
2: true. We're getting deeper. <laughs> I think,
4: I think <laughs> it begins um, like when we started. When I started craft, like craft was, <laughs> it was much more easy to define where it. It was. It was the independent, road independent road people were making it yeah, yeah, because yeah. More or less. A, yeah. a lot of the big companies were just making their big, big name beers, and then... Um, there was a lot of separation. It was very mm. easy to and decipher. And then when uh, craft beer started doing very well, then the bigger brands started doing craft beers. And then, mm. and then like, you know, there used to be the Craft Brewing Industry Association, I think. Like the Australian um, Brewing Association it had changed their name to the um, Australian Independent Brewing Association. So they changed the craft to independent um, a couple of years ago. Mm because they were like, um, they were like, oh, we can't explain, because they're doing lobbying and whatever to the government, they're like, they're trying to explain what the difference is between craft and independent.
2: Well, I guess independent has probably more of a straightforward, literal meaning than something. Craft is just kind of a buzzword now really like bespoke or something it doesn't mean shit except for middle-class white people that want to buy nice food and beverage products that go to farmers markets and you can't buy say bespoke does anything well i think it's lost its original meaning just like something like craft has
0: i remember looking up bespoke the actual definition of it and it's so far from what, what we know what to it
2: to be yeah. yeah.
4: When when you guys go to buy a beer, what are the considerations in your head? Like, you know, price, ownership, taste. What what? How do they order in your head? What? Doesn't sound like something
0: I'd like to drink. That's
4: what. That's work.
0: That's 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 number one.
4: Yeah.
0: And number two, there were two beers that I suppose I equally wanted to try, and one was in you know, run by an independent small company. People I knew. Otherwise, be an ABV company, I would go for the yeah, independent one, but it's not the determinant. Yeah. You know, if I want to drink it, the reality is I, I would just buy both. and drink both of them, but yeah. So I I, I, I like to support independent breweries, and I do. I drink a lot of independent beers. I'd say on the whole, I drink more beer from independent small breweries than uh, big breweries, but I also don't not drink interesting sounding beers
4: that are made. Yeah I, I think I agree with you because for instance um, we get sent um, Mountain Goats like rare breed and special beers and I think they are very well made and definitely worth trying and you know they come around every few months and yeah so we include those in our magazine because I think they're very well made but um, I think you know 75% or more of our about about magazine, or probably more than that, you know, 90% is about mm. promoting small small breweries, but also I'm not going to ignore that the rest of the world exists, so if someone has released a cracker, I'll, I'll still say this is a great beer.
2: But I think there is a bit of a space in the market, though, for breweries that are considered now to be sellouts that still have this little niche of when they release limited edition stuff, it's very well made, like you were saying, the bourbon, the county, and the, you know, rare breed uh, mountain goat stuff, there's still a big following in craft, independent buyers for those types of products. So there's definitely a crossover of like, the quality of this product, and the drinking experience weighed with, I know that you're owned by one of the biggest beverage companies in the world, kind of thing. There is a tipping point. It just depends on where someone's tipping point is, I guess.
0: I always think there is that just hypocrisy of, of people they beer, but then they'll go happily buy all these different products in their day-to-day life of course, from yeah, global yeah, multinationals sure. and somehow not care. And they also ignore the fact that there are good people. So the two, the two examples we've used is Goose Island and Mountain Girl. So Mountain Girl, we've obviously Mick on the podcast before. So I actually worked with Nick in my day job. Home brewer, um, ended up getting a job with, um, worked for a large company, ended up getting a job as now the GM of Mountain Goat. You know, GM of uh, finance guy, but also a guy that's passionate about craft beer and genuinely loves beer. So you can't say, oh, it's a big company or whatever. And Goose Island, I think the um, charity event that uh, runs a beer collective in the US. When Goose Island got wind of what we were doing, we, I spoke to the um, sort of venue manager of their main Chicago taproom and then by the end of it, I sort of had a, a bit of an email chain going on with um, their couple of Chicago taprooms and their Philadelphia taproom. And there was no like big company involved. You're talking to the people that are just running those taprooms day to day, regular people, just want to get involved in this. Random little charity event mm. that some guy in Australia set up. No corporate interference, and just the vibe of those emails. Out, this is just regular people running their bar for locals. It's ultimately owned by people, oh, but it's
2: it's easier to, to soften on the to, idea when you meet. You know, I mean? you know, if you're meeting people face to face people. who care about these products, who exactly. work their asses off, who um, you know, in jobs that are probably low to medium wage jobs, and you know, you do soften a bit. Oh, there's people behind this whole process, whether or not they're owned by a multinational or not. That's totally, totally true. I and always,
1: I always think about it. Feral. Right? In the, I remember when Farrell got bought out, and you kind of hit the nail on the head where it's like, Farrell got bought out, and that they, they pretty much whoever the head is, released a statement where it's like, yeah. Um, I was just tired of wondering where, whether I'd be able to pay people this week. Mm. When we spoke to Tony, Magdalena, like same yeah. thing. Man, um, day day to day, you just don't know. Yeah. And you know, I mean I got and you know, I'll still buy I'll still buy feral beers, I still think they're great beers. I, it's it's a conflict, yes, that they're owned by controller amateur. But it's also like, you know, I know why they sold. I know that um I it's still the same people making it. Um, I'm just happy the guys can actually put food on the table
4: now. It's a tricky one and I have spoken to like small craft brewers and you know they're like so exhausted they'd be like oh god yeah If someone offered to buy me just take it. Yeah of course there's definitely
2: like some kind of like romance about it all that everybody has their price and everyone can soften on certain ideas and values given the right situation but It's um, just strange that the two, the whole independent and, uh, you know, multinational things, it's uh, becoming a bit muddied as well. Like you've got the big multinationals brewing like, kind of like pseudo craft beer, and then you've got craft beer breweries being bought up by the majors. So there's kind of this amalgamation of like, you know, like you've got a contingent of Victorians that think that Furphy is craft beer. And that's because it's marketed very well and it's not a lager and it can say that it's being brewed in Geelong. And well, people
4: would also think that's Australian right? yeah.
2: yeah that's the thing they're kind of like uh, uh, it's not false advertising they're certainly insinuating that this is a local product. It says born in Victoria. Yeah yeah.
0: Is it born in Geelong? Yeah it's yeah. born in Geelong. <laughs> yeah that's whatever suburb you're in. Mm. Yeah. Some I wine think it's uh, cases, drunk, enjoyed in Brunswick case, yeah, brewed in yeah. That's clever. Uh, yeah. Brewed with
2: uh, brewed with Australian grains and hops. I think is also their other uh, claim. But you've got to think about the amount of people that these these industries employ, and how does that how does that compare to small to medium businesses that are in craft as far as like what, what's more valuable to society and this and that like it's all, it all gets very complex really like they say that small business is the life of
4: of australia but then you know so is big business really to a certain extent are we at this stage where we just need to look at the young target girl and just say why not go can we answer
1: this question with a meme? Um i think everything me, can it, be it answered me a understand that. sorry getting... yeah. oh you know the young
4: do, do you want soft or hard to oppose? No one should have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Why not both? That's true. It's a fair
2: point. The and we do. Soft. I think I do. I <laughs> do. <laughs> Help, yeah. it has a lot to yeah. do with um, accessibility as well. Like, if, if, if you pretty. love craft beer and are shopping exclusively at craft beer places, a lot of these retail outlets will drop breweries eventually, like, you know, uh, Mountain Goat and Feral and eventually Bolter because they're not independent. So all these crafty people that shop at certain outlets, they will have to make a special trip to a different place, like a BWS that happens to stop Feral because they like Feral. So it's it's um, logistically, I think, that if, if, if kind of... Uh, Small craft retail, when you start dropping, uh, you know, brewers that have been bought up, and it just makes things a little bit harder for you're a crafty ex- buying person yeah. to, you know, make another stop just because a beer tastes great, happens to be owned by a. I don't know, it's a bit, yeah. I think I've, I think
0: I've mentioned years ago when we discussed this was to me, the competition the is one of the biggest. Issues around this. It's there's big, a small, whatever. It's um making sure you don't know, you know encourage monopolistic behaviour, making sure that there's an opportunity for new entrants to the market to be able to compete. Mm. Looking at restricted you know, tap contracts and mm. supplier deals between some of the large, large retailers, the pressure they're putting on craft brews to get in into their stores, all that sort of you know, all that sort of stuff is what needs to live Like, big and small can coexist, but, yeah, like, you need to try and... the law should aim to in the playing for to some extent.
2: It like tries that. to, but it's a bit of a kind of toothless tiger in a way, like when um, no, uh, Indev and uh, Analyzer Bush merged, apparently they had to shed a whole lot of brands because it was in violation of a lot of, you know, uh, anti-competition laws so it's oh, oh, you know, the laws are there but it has to be a pretty extreme case before the there's a level playing field no, it's kind true of when you look um, at
0: when you look at you know the ATO and the ACCC being gutted with mm, funding cuts mm, and then like you say the laws are there mm, but then there's mm, no no one to enforce them mm. so yeah having um, having regulators that have the ability to, and the funding to enforce the right laws yeah is also a huge
3: issue too. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But I think it's also like the ability of as we're talking about like the large breweries now produce beers that craft people like is like is is the main thing that sort of makes constellation much more difficult. When I, mean, I was in the US back in 2012 or, 2014 or something like that, I was talking to someone about um, when Ballast Point got bought out by Constellation and I said like I just asked the question like what's the big deal like Sculpin's still an awesome beer and he's like well the big deal is now Sculpin rather than being like whatever it is a six-pack and it was still ridiculously cheap because beer is much cheaper there than here it was like going to be even cheaper and that then prices out craft out of the market because they have this scale advantage and production advantage and that is one of the big things that makes it really yeah. difficult now yeah. this barrier to entry sort of stuff and you know yeah how you, how can you, you I don't think you ever have a so, plain deal you know, anyway right you know, so, any, with yeah. any industry I mean yeah,
1: that's. Does that, did that somewhat <laughs> answer your.
4: Yeah, no, that was actually a very illuminating thank you. I think we should pause um, for another minute. Yes, I was just about to. Yeah. It was a good match. We're back on Frostcast slash BBC. We're here today on the BBC. Um, the
1: BBC World Service.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very excited because um, these young gentlemen went to the bar to get a beer, and I would trust them with my life, and also with a beer choice, because they have come back with the Burnley Nipa. Three words, thick, juicy, hazy. I love it, they, there's so many beers out there which have really complicated terms on the front. Double dry hops. Um, you know, names and hops, names of brewing processes. Yeah. Anyone could read that and be like, I know what all of those three words mean. Yeah, their brain is pretty nice, simple, on mm-hmm. point. Exactly. They've got these beautiful green swirls. It's very simple. The beer itself is um,
2: pretty much delivers. It, you know, it is, it is hazy. It's hazy. <laughs> um, not to the extreme kind of soupy type of, you know, Boom haze, but definitely hazy, very fruity, um, still a bit of bitterness there I might say, but uh, it's very refreshing. It's uh, a lower percentage like we mentioned for most Nipahs, but um, yeah what hops do we have here? Chinook Galaxy, Cascade, Mosaic? Sounds like a good combo to me. Um, I, uh,
1: like David. I said earlier, I'm very impressed by it. Yeah.
3: Sure. It's really quite pleasant. Really quite pleasant. Uh,
4: it's quite pleasant. Um, It's funny because I don't really know what to expect from a nipa anymore because of the sheer spectrum of no. that It
2: is, but I think that's just an Aussie thing from what I understand. Oh, no,
4: that's what I mean, the Aussie interpretation of it. Because mm. I feel like in America it, it will usually be a thicker mouthfeel. And it's, a, a tight it's a tighter definition.
2: It's a tighter definition.
4: Whereas here, um, I, I remember well, one, it was a few months ago, I got sent about 10 or 12 hazy beers mm. and I cracked them all at once and poured them all out and mm. maybe four of them were actually hazy so mm. the rest of them were clear mm. which as we were talking before about expectations yep. so immediately I was disappointed because <laughs> I was looking forward to the visual yeah, aspect Some people claim it. the haze,
2: some people claim the haze and, then you and get they you the not claim the haze.
4: But the whole thing was they were perfectly well made IPAs. Yeah, that's they, were, totally they would have lame, been a delicious you know, they, West Coast.
2: As far as the definition, apparently not definition of nipers goes, is... If it says nipers on the front and I'm expecting,
1: hmm.
2: yeah, something hazy and then it's hazy, not, you're like, Hazy, oh, very right, oh. fruity, low in bitterness, so low in bitterness it even takes on like a residual sweetness, softness mm. type of quality. But Aussie nipers tend to be a lot
4: more bitter and a lot less hazy from what I've, I've tried. It'd be quite interesting to know how that started happening, um, hmm. that bit of bitterness. Is, I wonder if it's... Like, like the Australian palettes, do we like a bit of bitterness? Because it seems that mm. that wow. is the, the most popular kind of nipah has a bit of bitterness, whereas mm. you'll have the more American ones and it'll just be juice all the way through and mm. none of that mm. little bit of bitterness you yeah. what, what you guys? I think Australians, I think we
3: just like we just like punchiness in flavour. I mean, if you sort think about the way the wine industry emerged here, like you know we are always doing wines at the higher alcohol end of the spectrum and okay, more yeah. sort of like in your face, like more peppery, more whatever. Yes. Uh, and so okay. I think maybe that's just the Australian palate, just like okay. we just don't accept it unless it's just you know. Mouth breaking, like the way you describe, yeah. like to describe that something was not earlier, but yeah, yeah maybe it has okay. to be more like
0: that. I agree. So, I was at when I lived in London, I was at this house party, I still remember it vividly. It was my friend, um, Ruth, who would not be mine, but you mentioned she would never listen to this podcast anyway, but um, she would be a good, guest. Be a good guest to have. Um, but anyway, was, um, house party, and there was this French guy there, and he was very, um, French. angry at me <laughs> because Australians had ruined wine. Oh wow.
3: It was, it was your fault. You it did It was my fault, yeah. God damn you. So it's
0: basically, he it was like, you know, French wines, they're all very well made, well balanced, blah, 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 eight, nine percent, fantastic wines. Then Australians just come to the market with their 14% oh, okay. cheap wines and everyone wants them because they're great paying for buck and then no one's buying French wines anymore. And it was my fault. Of it was. As the Australian. Well winemaker. At the, at the house party, but I... Uh, but um, even though I didn't agree, agree with his um, aggression towards me personally, I certainly understood his sentiment. Which is, truly, sure, you know, you've got these you know, beautiful wines that people might drink as they're going for the... Which is probably what's happened here. Probably a lot of brewers were making neeps that were very true to style. And then people were making beers that are not as good from a pure neepa versus Nipah point of view. But were selling more because they were more boozy, had a bit more of a punch. So it's like, well, if you can't beat them, join and, them. And that was the other thing. This French guy's game. And he said, now, French winemakers that used to make good wines in his mind, some of them were shifting over to making more Australian style, style wines so they could compared
4: right. with up- updated consumer expectations. That's fascinating. I did not know that as someone
3: who knows like or about wine. Mm. That is super I do all about wine. <laughs> <Yeah>. watch <laughs> a, watch a, I'm so, <laughs> Watch a doco called Chateau chando Basically, oh, that's talks that's about <laughs> the emergence I mean, yeah, of... Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm it's not kidding. That's name. what it's called. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, awesome the emergence awesome of the Australian yeah. wine industry. talked yeah. about how... Okay. Exactly, all the Italians and... French people would just all super annoyed
4: oh, yeah, at these okay.
3: new world Australian winemakers emerging on the scene. So yeah, there you
4: go. I just did not think that. So. I thought I just imagined the Italian and French wine scene would be so strong that Australians wouldn't even make a dent in that. But I guess if, if consumers are finding cheaper, stronger Aussie booze, well-made Aussie booze. Yeah, well, made. we don't make cheap wine. Definitely
1: well-made. Yeah. You're listening to Winecast. <laughs> <laughs> Um... The weekly wine. The weekly wine. Ooh, oh, <laughs> Why not? I, 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 I... If that doesn't already exist, we need to make it exist. Yeah, we've all... got must. Totally, it I would must, totally start must, drinking must wine it,
4: just yeah. to start we a podcast.
1: Uh, we we'll, can... We'll, we'll, um get the get the website. Right. <laughs> the
0: weekly <laughs> like wine. The <laughs> here like here that <laughs> bit at the end. <laughs> like the bit at the end of
4: Kath and Kim when they have wine
0: time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I watched my episode. I did not do it for a yeah. You're not giving oh, another oh.
4: my estimation yeah. of you has just plummeted that's
1: okay I can't I'm, I'm looking at
4: you like a french person would look at an australian <laughs> <house>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well just at the end of kath and kim the, just as the credits roll yeah. they have wine time with where a kath um kim and her mother kath are sitting out in the backyard drinking a well. maybe yeah. A, yeah. a nice cardinette um or a seven on mm-hmm. blank and mm-hmm. they're just um having a lovely bogan chat and it is just it, with yeah. wordplay and mm-hmm.
3: very clever. Mm-hmm. So there is a podcast called both the weekly wine, as in wine that you drink, and also the weekly wine, as in people complaining about shit. <laughs> <laughs> so you could
2: definitely combine the two.
3: Yeah. No, oh, you definitely yeah. could. In fact, you would probably drink wine while having a weekly wine, surely. Exactly. Some it's, of our most be beloved with. comedy characters are,
2: are drunk complainers. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
4: Sort
2: of
3: exactly.
4: So the, are you saying that this hypothetical podcast is not even about wine. Yeah.
3: It's just about... Oh, I think, I think the is one wine. spelt wine, as in wine you drink, is about wine. And the other one is about some... It's, it I think it looks it. like it's about some millennial or uni student just <laughs> complaining about <laughs> shit that irritates them. It's like oh, okay. It has to be a wine, Fair enough. It has to be a wine podcast, yeah. but it has
0: to be the weekly name wine has to
2: be spelled
4: like... It's a play on words, wine. essentially. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's
3: also
4: called a pun. Yes. Mm. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Also, should we be rating this? Oh, God. We'll,
3: yeah, we we'll, get, we'll get to that. But, oh, well, I mean, it's your podcast, so <laughs> yeah. it's actually it's up yes. to you. Do oh, we need sorry. this? Yeah, I think do, all we, said do we, we need to? We loved it. We
4: love it. We love it. Um, <laughs> That's right. Okay, what do you guys feel about this? So, I'm very emotionally affected by who makes the beer. So, for instance, um, the Burnley brewer Michael and his wife Chloe are some of the most delightful people on the planet. They're lovely people. So, and you know, the owners of, the owners of Burnley, um, Phil and Neil and some other people, I don't know. Well, Phil and Neil are very lovely Shout too. <laughs> Shadow yep. people. But so when I pick up a Burnley, I see Chloe and her beautiful smile and her ridiculous dog and her delightful husband and I just feel warm, warm, warm feelings. Mm. So when you guys look at a beer, do you, do you sum it up in a, you know, practical, mathematical way or are you just like, oh... Well,
2: emotions are very powerful if you read something about a brewery or know something about a brewery and you don't like it, yeah. uh, it's kind of like with the founders thing, like what people feel emotionally can really affect their purchasing uh, decisions um, I think everyone remembers late last year founders had a, founders in Grand Rapids, Michigan had a um, unfair dismissal case, it was kind of a race issue and... Um, the good thing for Founders was that they had I think, in recently, but previously to that, had sold like 80% of their company, to the San Miguel, The uh, well, who owns San Miguel, sure a, anyway. um, but yeah, the local businesses didn't want to stock uh, Founders products. Even in Melbourne now, still people talk about that incident at Founders that was just, of course one man versus uh, yeah. you know well, there's a more
4: um, say, there's a more local brewery who has been maybe not or has been a little bit sexist and i have not drunk their beers since i found that out
3: yeah, I mean, if, even
4: though their beer uh, is explicitly made so what about you guys do you do you look at a beer and go oh i hate that guy oh.
1: um, if, if it's the if it's the one you're talking about but i think you are then yes i haven't bought their beer since
3: yeah, I don't know, I'm kind of an unfeeling machine on this one, so I just, I'll just kind of, yeah, no, I don't really factor that in. No, I
1: definitely Jeff, do. So the
0: unfeeling the, machine. If it's also the brewery I think we're maybe talking about, then yeah, not, I not people try to avoid their beers. because
2: of It happens risk. all the time. I, mean, I,
0: mean, I think the true thing about like, knowing people, a Burnley, see Burnley, guy. like ah oh, yeah,
2: Burnley goods, guy. mm-hmm. Burnley guys. When
0: I was talking about the Dream Team, they had mine blank under the brewery was, so I was like, oh Tommy, like no people. I right think Burnley
4: because craft, th- yeah. like craft dollars that we spend are quite large dollars. Mm. Like it's not just buying toilet paper or something. So it is a little more. If, if you're gonna hand over, yeah, yeah, fifteen dollars for a can, yeah. you you want to have a good feeling about that? You, you like, want to oh,
2: believe I like the person. story and think I that they good people business. and this and that, but. You know, uh, stuff comes out, things change, you know, like
4: Michael Jackson,
2: again, you know, uh, Woody Allen people adjust. Yeah, like, we talk about the, the no, I'm just saying beer at the like, Michael Jackson or... We're talking about how the how, how Jackson powerful Jackson. branding Jackson. is and uh, reputation is and how uh, one person doing something that isn't very palatable yeah. can really affect very
4: you know, I think, well I think for example someone would have to make concerted if this if this person that we were all talking about made the concerted steps to turn that really issue around really and really acknowledge that they've maybe had a problem in the past and it's hard once it's then i'd be it's like mate i'm to... straight back on board no, no no but they've not made a if they were like say someone's had a maybe not had a good reputation with women in the past and now they make a concerted okay. effort to oh promote goodness. women in the brewery um, you know support women's causes or something and acknowledge that maybe they've not done great in the past then I would be 100% straight back on it so
2: but that's lip service like cultural change is very hard and yeah. it takes a lot of time it's like with the founders thing they had the lawsuit and then they hired a diversity and engagement manager for their business and then she uh, african-american woman promptly resigned during the process of being the first you know like it's people will do anything to save their bottom line and most of it's lip service sometimes people make a concerted effort but it's really just to you know keep people buying their products and try to adhere to the social norms like it's not
3: I agree. I think the only way you can really change culture is to change it like at the absolute apex. So that's because if it's from the top, that culture kind of comes down. Right? So if you don't change anything up here and just insert somebody in the middle, that's very rare that that actually changes a whole lot of stuff. And I think actually, I think that's, that's true though. Like I said, I use the unfeeling machine thing, but I think like I'm much more likely to, at the negative end of the spectrum, go like, you know these guys, this brewery's run by a bunch of fuckheads whose values I can't buy up, I can't sign up to are much more likely to not buy their beer as opposed to be more likely to buy beer from people who I go, like, oh, they're great blokes and so sorry, I really like them and that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I think that's almost like the whole um, the giving something a negative review but people people give things a negative reviews but yeah. they don't give things positive reviews. It's that sort of thing.
4: Yeah. yeah. You, you might feel more strongly about
2: About the,
0: uh, yeah, someone or
2: something that... Yeah, I mean it's true in reviews but when it comes to something emotive whether it's political or uh, yeah, gender-based or you I know these things are very very powerful these days and to, quite
0: explosive i think what jeff says if, if, like if, if there is are someone that they're just neutral like you can support them because they're you, you don't know what they stay out of politics or issues or anything they just they make good beer and i don't really know anything about them you're like well okay i'll drink that beer as opposed to see if somebody does something that actively goes against something you believe
2: in—it's very easy
4: to say no. But then you look at their product for like the next year, and I mean, let's talk about—I don't know—we're kind of not naming names, but I mean, for instance, like Box? I feel like I can mention them because I was a big fan of them before they even started, um, and we were there on the very first day that their uh, venue opened as a. As a we went in there and yeah just just wished them so well and then they kind of had that massive um, mistake with that VR and for me just that extreme tone deafness like well, I just found that really hard to get over so yeah like it was like a year after that whenever I saw their label it just gave me like a bit of a recoil of like oh the fact that you didn't think that that was gonna be offensive makes mm. me go, well yeah. I, I had this limited yeah. amount of beer dollars, I'm gonna divert that elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I've like I've seen them since and they've been really nice, so now I'm like now when I see their beer um, label I feel neutral. So I don't I don't feel I don't feel love like I don't think they're terrible guys. I think they're lovely guys. I think they made a mistake but it's just so it's unfortunate that you can make a mistake like that and customers will be like even though you Know, I, I respect what they're doing as a business, but just for me personally, that just made me go, Well, I've got 600 breweries in Australia to choose from, mm-hmm. and if you drop a clanger like that, and my those things are never just a
2: mistake, it's like that had to go through so many different people and processes, even into production and
0: size. I'm not sure it with a brewery that size, it does.
4: That went to package though, that yeah, was no, the but, thing, but I'm saying it wouldn't have gone through layers of management and PR, like it's a group of like. Cool
2: yeah, it's I mean, weird. you're just saying, like, at a group of eight people, one person, one person didn't not, possibly then... possibly bring it up that this might be a fucking shit marketing move. Yeah, but that's, I'm not that's even I'm not upset bubble, by even you know? the content of pussy juice or whatever the fuck it was called. It was just the sheer stupidity, just the sheer marketing business stupidity of a lot of small to medium businesses who don't get other people's opinion or outsource graphic designers or outsource copywriters or get a differing opinion other than their closed little circle and everyone's patting them on the back telling them their beers are great the labeling great the messages are great and then these shit products get out there it's like well
0: I think we're the same thing which we can get outraged over out something. We assume that everybody has the same sort of friends and groups as we do. To us it seems so obvious that yeah. surely was one person, but
2: there
0: are a lot of people there. You can have a big group of people who mm-hmm. there won't be that one person. Well, To me, to me, I think it's, it's how you react after it. so I think it's, look, I mean, I, I would love for everybody to take into account everyone's opinions on everything, I would but I don't think it's reasonable to expect that. What, what I think is that if, if somebody fucks up, if somebody fucks up, it's, you have to-
2: They're not you your wife, it's a brand. Up. You know what I mean? Like but if they fuck up. It gets,
0: I think it has to be brought to their attention. Right? Like, you fucked up, this is why. this is why, this is why. Are there other people out there? They've interpreted it. you've done this way, this is how people do feel. What are you going to do about it? And if someone genuinely says, shit, like, you know, and I think the boycotts, I think they did have no, like, oh, we said this and, you know, it was the female brewer and we, yeah. the staff member and we showed it to our wives and they all thought it was great. Like, yeah. to them, they did go to a diverse range of people yeah. in their group and they got positive feedback.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's its what do you do once you once you realize it, once you realize yeah. that yeah. other people have interpreted things a certain way. Do you show genuinely what you say, yep, we fucked up, we didn't realize, it. we we're we, we fucked up, we take, take, um, take responsibility for that and we will do better going forward and then they do
1: yeah. better going forward
0: yeah. or do you, um, I think the example was, what was that brewery where they did the uh, Mare one, it was peach and she oh was getting god. like probed or oh. whatever. Oh. oh my god. Well, you know that
4: one. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> well
4: like, I don't even remember what they're called because I have not seen yeah. them since. But,
3: but they, kind of they, they got struck off yeah. the earth yeah. in but that I think one that's, basically, fair enough. 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 That's the thing. They, Okay.
0: If they had actually said, you know what? Yeah. Fuck, we genuinely yeah. really, really yeah. genuinely show remorse, and they did better going forward, you'd be like, actually, that's a win. You know, we've yeah. educated someone on something, and they've genuinely changed, I and mean, we've yeah. that's that's a positive step. Yeah. But they, you know, took the things and said, we we're just going to be blind to that and continue doing what we're doing because we think we've done the right thing. I think you have to give people that. You have to accept that not everyone comes from the same social group, not yeah. everyone has the same sort of friends as people yeah. do. It's, you have to give people, you have to give people that first chance to say, oh, fucked up, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah,
4: totally. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm, I'm very open for, you know, we all make mistakes and I guess it's, yeah, how you um, react afterwards and be <laughs> aware of, of um, the repercussions and what you're putting out there. Yeah. At the end of the day, we all love Burnley. Mm. Yeah. We've done four
1: beers of Well, we'll have done our four beers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So let's, talk, let's go through your pie beers. What was the first one? The apple pie.
4: Yeah. Apple pie. Very old
1: stout. Yeah. Uh, then it was the, the peach.
4: Bounty hunter. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Key lime. We, we just asked a friend. Yeah. yeah, the pumpkin, the key lime. And now the. H-melba. H-melba. Oh, so
2: what, what so about the BBC. The four and twenty.
4: Was there a four? And 20? Oh no, no. no so the BBC, right. the BBC guys have these young men have done four collaborations with Burnley, um. and they're all pie beers.
2: I knew there was a pie beer. Mm. I was getting the mm. pies. Mm.
4: Um, not a four and twenty one
2: though.
4: No mm. worries. You could do you could do well, the vegan you know. four and twenty one. The beer that has caused there is a vegan one. It's caused a lot of outrage amongst. 4 and 20, of course, they're like, I'm never eating your pies again because you made a vegan one to go alongside the meaty one. People are very <laughs> upset about
2: <laughs> vegetables being close to meat
4: sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, there's not any going to be any vegetables involved, it's just going to be some yeah. kind of soy protein.
0: Sounds um, delicious, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how much, <laughs> meat, how much meat is
4: in a
3: 420? Exactly, so, like, <laughs> yeah, 425s are probably vegan yeah. actually. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, hey,
4: best case scenario, they're vegan. Um. Well, I'm done. I'm emotionally exhausted. You are out. Right? I can keep That's going. A bit. <laughs> I, can, I can keep going, but I'm going to need
3: another beer. We, we should Should we, should we about, rate this beer? Like, should we rate this beer? Ah. What, what, what's your format though? Like, you don't have to rate this beer. I'm, I'm, me five, I'm giving it five because
4: Chloe is a beautiful
2: woman. Uh, Chloe is very attractive. I will also give it a five. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean... I. I, I'm the unfeeling machine, so I, I do not factor in Chloe's hotness into his rating. I think it's a five-two though. Like I really like this beer. A five-two. <coughs> <coughs> um,
1: uh, well, I don't want to repeat people. I'm going with a four. I like this beer.
2: Oh, you're giving her a four? Or are you? Harsh, man. Harsh.
4: Brutal. Oh, you're such a jock. A brutal. <laughs> like, I don't even like me. But... Yeah,
1: whatever. She's a four. Sorry, um, Chloe.
4: I'm giving it six. Oh, oh hello. An yeah. average of five stars. Yeah.
1: Oh,
2: I love it. Cool. It's like yeah.
3: it's like that. Have, have you seen the um the Bugs Bunny cartoon where he and um. Some he's on some riverboat like playing poker and he's he's basically won all the money off the riverboat owner except he's got like one half chip the riverboat owner he's like and the guy goes ah I got five aces what have you got sir he goes I sir
4: have six
3: aces <laughs> takes the final chip boom wins this is great. <laughs> Yeah. I cannot remember that one. but I, I like can't remember like
4: the nineteen twenties.
3: it was definitely back like like it's when riverboats were a thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> That's pretty,
2: pre Simpsons reference.
3: I'm pretty sure the episode opens with like some racist cotton picking montage. It's not oh that great in yeah. retrospect. Like that era. I like to isolate on the funny part, not the kind of disturbing, yeah. terrible yeah. part. Not exactly. the kind of stuff
2: that. A, a, a brewery might put on a label and then mm. be like, oh geez, I did oh, not realise that. that was... I can't
3: realise can. that. Uh... I feel like we're You'd about due... to modern age. Like we're,
4: we're about to do Sorry, I label. made a mistake. Yeah. I made mistake. Anything, Has uh, it hasn't been anything for a while. The Jigger
2: Blue label. Are
3: people was...
4: learning? I would like to think so, but whenever I think that, something terrible <laughs> arises. But the worst thing is, when something terrible arises, the reason I hate it so much is because everyone sends it to me. And it's like, Emily, you have to do things, something about this. About what?
3: You have the platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Use like, your platform. Like,
4: like say someone does a shitty beer label that's like sexist or racist or homophobic. People send it to me and say, and I'm like literally not being paid. You're like Batman. Yeah. But So you know, I'll be like, oh, so I'll.
3: less resources.
4: (laughs) And like, yeah, zero (laughs) shiny fun stuff, and no butler. So I'll contact the brewery.
3: I'll
1: contact
4: contact the brewery, and I'll be like, look, guys, a bunch of people have been contacting me. They think that your labels are not great, and they'll just write back and they'll be like, well, I asked my wife, and she said it was fine.
2: I'll have there's like one like Smurfette, you know what I mean? There's just the yes. one woman out of like twenty guys. Like I asked the woman, she said it was fine. The women asked, have spoken. I asked a woman. The Smurfette has spoken. And Clearly, then i like, I
3: just find to disturb. There's just the one Smurfette among yeah. all the other like. It's you know, so the, creepy. It's very, very fucking creepy. <laughs> this is like, my.
0: Plan. No, but she was made by Gargamel. I was like, to well, women were made yeah.
2: from the rib of a man. Everyone. Yeah, he
1: basically like, <laughs> sent her in. So like, you're my spy. <laughs> Um, Can we just go back to? No, um, there's this whole entire village full of I don't think we man. can. Adam Spreafico becomes
2: the smoothest. Everybody knows that.
1: Can we just go back to Emily being the <laughs> um, the Batman of beer? <laughs> well, the Batman of Memo beer.
4: Yeah.
1: But
4: just with way less chiseled abs. Um. um. So I'll be like, yeah, not cool, bro, and they'll be like. My lady said it was fine, and I'm like, cool. Is so that
1: Clint? Tell her she's a bitch. Yes. Or <laughs> <laughs> Alfred, if we're in later. No, my dog Alfred. <laughs> Good yeah,
4: we've already got Alfred. Clint's yeah, definitely a yeah, problem.
1: they just <laughs> look at Alfred wearing black
4: and like a mother. Anyway, so what I'm saying, Ruiz, for God's sake, don't do a shitty beer label, because then people will make me act on it, and I don't have the time or energy. So just, if you're going to put like a woman, or... I don't know, a personal colour or make a know. shit joke. Like just any have a cultural about it. Just racial think about it.
2: gender yeah. reference. Don't
4: make it my problem.
2: Just uh just just mm. work it by more people than your wife.
4: Mm. <laughs> I mean your wife's probably great, but she also loves you like She, she could be a total is, is obliged. To, we don't know. Yeah, that. so anyway.
0: What the if, if you think there may be an issue,
1: put put it on
0: put, put it on the on other webs, on a, yeah, one of the
1: groups. Yeah. Mm. Facebook groups. what are people getting over slavery? And offer several non-like safe labels as well, so that it doesn't look like you've only got one option, and it's an incredibly mm. racist one. No, the thing is that I that
0: people just don't realize really, that it's going
1: really the
4: no, yeah. I really, mean, really like this It's just a joke. racist, fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a joke. Why don't no. you just get a sense of humour?
2: Mm. Mm. Well, this is like for the last podcast on the face of the earth, it's been yeah, you know, yeah. fairly average, so. Well, it's a good way point to end life. Pretty stars. much just been average. Yeah. I mean, we all stars. will die shortly, so I'm giving life 3.5 stars. Would we'll
0: live again? <laughs> Would <We'll> live again?
2: i to a friend. I'm borderline. Maybe I could be convinced to live again, but at this stage, I'm pretty much on a no.
3: What's the 3.25? Yeah, 3.25. <laughs> so are we are we life at this point? So I'm, I'm giving it a five because I have a really cute dog.
2: What are you high right now? Are you giving life five stars?
3: And also, you're about to go into like self-isolation as an mm. introvert, you mm. must be loving this shit. Like, I'm, surely. I've
4: so many pairs of pajamas uh, and, uh,
0: I went yeah. from home twice last week how good it was. Oh, oh I done, didn't have to face people. Yeah, I did a sneaky, like, it was so
4: good. washing for the day. Yeah. Hung my sheets out. Something involved. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Here. I mean, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give
3: life like, but somewhere between three point seven five and a four, I guess I can probably give life a three point nine actually. Like, I think I'm allowed to rate life. A 3.9. you? Um, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, the the working from home thing is gonna be amazing. I'm like ready. Like, People I should have been working from home a long oh, fucking yeah. time ago. Oh yeah. Fucking... And, and less as Don't well. Don't get me
4: started, y'all. <laughs> what, um, what have been? Um,
3: look, it's about a four and a half for me.
4: Four and a half. Life.
3: Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, I can Yeah, yeah no, I get cool. that because, yeah, because like, my dad, I'm like, I can't secure see my you with your own now, race, basically. gender,
2: There's... and identity.
3: Um, well, I'm not. I
1: don't have coronavirus. That's enough for me. Did 4. you give your race
2: Yeah, four.
4: Four? 3.9. 3.9. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, I feel
4: positive. Not positive, for coronavirus. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah. It was lovely to see you all. Shall we
2: sign out? Yes, I think we all need to go Thank to you our for respective pods.
4: Feel free to um, email me if you have strong thoughts about independence. If you have strong thoughts about any risque yes. labels, just have seen. Email yeah. me your strong thoughts. Mm. Emily at frostbeer.com. Strong thoughts, hashtag. But just not any negative thoughts. I'm too tired. Oh, Thank come you. on, mate. Negativity is the way to go
2: in this current climate.
4: No, I'm, I'm already. It's, reading the news is tiring enough. Let's
1: That's all good. just pray. We'll be fine. Look, our thoughts and prayers are with people. <laughs> um, pray to whoever it is that you pray to. Like ex- Exactly. Spaghetti
3: monster. I like the spaghetti monster. Or the fusilli monster. Was
4: yeah. <laughs> the,
3: yeah, I think let's all just pray to Rizzoni in savory shapes. And we'll <laughs> be right, I think. I think we're good. Well,
2: it will be our last true God.
3: Yeah. yeah. It'll, I be, meant... it'll be the last food left on Earth. So, hey. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um,
3: th- this has
1: been the last podcast ever.
3: Um, Mm-hmm. Um,
1: uh, should we sign it? Yeah. All right. I'm gonna press the stop button.